What's going on, y'all? It is the Artful Dodger back with another episode of the Long Boxing While Black podcast. On today's episode, been out of it for uh, about two weeks here, so I'm gonna come back and touch on something that was topical as of last week, but it is what it is. Um, dig. So, um, it's gonna be another episode of Blurting While Dad, and it's going to be the musings of an aging hip hop head. Um, uh, we had a lot of things happen in the sphere of hip hop. Um, reminding us that um, rap is kind of a is full contact and you better wear your helmet um, I think DJ Clark Kent said rap is a contact sport so that's what we're going to talk about um, we're going to get into Drake we're going to push a T but we're also going to get into some hip hop history and some modern stuff um, I don't have all you know um, that's what we're going to be discussing um, the problem with discussing music is people have very strong opinions about it so I might rustle, ruffle some feathers. It's all love at the end. Um, the dope thing that has happened over the last couple of weeks was it really brought into the class of cultures regarding, um, you know, hit old school hip hop heads and pop culture versus hip hop aesthetics. And it's really kind of a dope thing. So I'm really excited about this. Uh, I'll get you guys after the jump. Peace. Dig y'all. So the entire Drake Pusha T thing went down. I'm not going to rehash the whole history of it. Um, those that are in the culture or involved or uh, been watching it from the sidelines know what happened. Um, what I will discuss is first we'll talk about the kind of the clash of cultures that it drug out, which it was a needed conversation in hip hop. Um, and some of it's generational, some of it's not, but it was kind of a needed conversation that needed to be had versus, you know, talking about, you know, what works for pop radio, what works for a pop artist or artist that has crossover appeal versus what's considered the hip hop aesthetic, you know, uh, respect, um, lyricism, you know, originality, all that stuff that uh, gets kind of. Uh, brought up by hip hop heads when we start talking about evaluating MCs. That's why the long held uh, argument about is Black Thought one of the greatest, is Black Thought the greatest MC of all time, or is Andre the 3000 the greatest of all time? Are we talking about Biggie? Are we talking about, you know, you're talking about the clash, there's kind of even a clash of cultures there because when I was coming up um, and I was, you know, high school when Biggie first dropped, um, Biggie was to me, endemic of what I didn't like about hip hop where it was the pop culture side of things and he was popular Biggie and Pac were kind of representative of the mainstream that I was trying to avoid as I got older I started listening to more stuff I always have been a Pac fan but right around uh, right around all eyes on me um, I, I, I ended up it really didn't hit with me and so I kind of stopped following Pac as much but it ended up becoming that mainstream versus underground clash. And we would even see it play out at school where you're, where the hip hop heads are talking and you would have your more mainstream cats that were buying all the new mainstream rappers that came out and they were really into, you know, bad boy coming into their own and the R&B mixing with hip hop again, uh, kind of in the new Jack swing, you know, the second iteration of new Jack swing and versus me who was like, Timbo out. I want to watch, I want to listen to Help the Skeletons. I want to listen to Boot Camp Click. I'm really not feeling 
bad boys bad boy and even later on in high school as i was graduating no limit i wasn't really feeling that element of it so it's really kind of interesting thing to see it play out nowadays where you know drake is uh for all intents and purposes the biggest rapper in the world but his audience is a lot more mainstream than Pusha T's audience, you know, and uh, Pusha T's audience has a mix of new school hip hop heads, old school hip hop heads, um, you know, cats that just want to listen to, uh, you know, you know, I mean, there's always that cast that just want to listen to, you know, the, the crime story narrative, um, the drug kingpin done good kind of stuff, but the Pusha T also does have hip hop heads in his fan base because dude is a dope MC, and so it it created this clash of cultures where you had the mainstream cats and even some of the hip hop heads who who vibe who resonate with mainstream music on one side and your hey I don't listen to any of this kind of um you know MC above all group and the way it played out was just really dope because you saw okay is Drake going to be able to do kind of what they did with Meek Mill where he allows uh you know he makes his diss and kind of allows his fan base and public opinion to swallow up meek mill and minimize what his uh contribution to the diss was and just kind of wins by tko and apparently he wasn't <laughs> um because push had been firing bars at and i don't want like i said i don't want to rehash all this but there is a little bit of context push has been firing bars at drake and young money for a minute and they've been kind of it's been kind of a a beef that if you weren't paying attention you really you really wouldn't know about but they've been firing back and forth and it was really kind of interesting to see it culminate with a knockout where push just said i'm just get completely dirty on him and you know take it for what it's worth um it it was a haymaker um and pe some people want to see it another way I, I mean i saw it as a haymaker you know and the thing with drake is you know, I follow like King of the Dot and I follow like Smack. Drake, you know, he was always in the bat. He was always hovering around the battle circles and he appreciated that element of the culture. And I give props to him for that. But he tried to take some of that battle aesthetic and try to make it mainstream. And the problem with that is if you're going to battle, if you're going to do, if you're going to do diss tracks and battle tracks and, you know, get personal with people, um, Somebody's gonna get gullier than you, and you got to be willing to 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 punch back. And from the hip hop heads' perspective, that punch back didn't happen. Now we're gonna say that you know Jay Prince did step in and intervene. I'll take the man at his word, and we'll say perhaps Drake did have some some bars in the chamber for Pusha T, but they're not gonna get released. It's whatever for whatever reason. It was a business decision. Um, from for the hip hop heads in this, Drake still Drake still lost. <laughs> Regardless of the business stuff, he still didn't he still wasn't successful in this into this foray into battling, and so um, he's got to leave that alone now. And again, I go back, I digress. We're going back into more history. Um, all the sentiment about uh, Pusha T getting too dirty and all this other stuff. There was no people weren't as um people weren't as uh feeling when drake 
drug up Kid Cuddy's mental illness um, and made it a punchline. So it is what it is. Anyway, let's get back into it. So one of the things I've seen, one of the interesting phenomenons I've seen with this entire Drake thing, um, and I'm talking about as an old, you know, older head, um, you know, and one thing I will say in defense of older heads, we do listen to these is far different than other people's standards. It's far different than what contemporary standards are. Um, you know, a few clever punchlines is, isn't, isn't enough or a simple, uh, a simple simile, you know, a clever simile or even an unclever simile is not enough to convince me that this cat, uh, is, is a dope MC. That's just how my mind works. Um, people gonna take it for what it's worth. It's whatever. Um, so as an older head, one of the things, one of the phenomenons I've seen as this entire push of T and Drake thing pushed out, uh, played out was, People were talking about age. Now, one, Pusha T's in his 40s. He's probably about 40 years old. Um, and forgive me if I get into the rapper's ages here. I'm giving you approximations of what I think I could absolutely be wrong. But um, Pusha T is in his, his early 40s. Maybe not. He may be just turning 40. Drake is 31 years old. And I've seen arguments where people are saying, well, Drake's a kid and he's going up against the growth. Drake is 31 years old. <laughs> um, the, the infantilizing of Drake is kind of an amazing thing to, to behold. He's 31 years old, yo. To be quite honest with you, I was 31 years old when my, when my daughter was born. So having a kid at 31 years old is not new or remarkable. Now, all the other stuff in that disc, Probably was jarring because of the image that Drake's carved out for himself. But having a kid at 31 isn't um, some shocking thing. But what I'm thinking is, I think what we're seeing in terms of music is, and I've kind of talked to my wife about it, and it's my informal assessment. Um, and hip-hop and R&B, because R&B does the same thing. When we were coming up, um, and I'm talking about you know mid-90s, when we were in the young scene, um, and hip, one thing is hip hop's always been kind of a young man's game, young woman's game, young person's game, supposedly. But I think one of the key differences is, and you know, it's my informal assessment. So take it with a grain of salt. When I was coming up nineties, you know, early, mid, late nineties, um, a lot of the R and B groups were, just kids a lot of hip-hop artists were still a lot of the, the the signature hip-hop artists and i'll get into i'll break down my list here i'll get more in depth of the hip-hop part of it but um there were kids too there were kids playing dress up as adults and when i say kids i consider anybody under 23 24 to kind of still be a kid um you had kids you know, sing, you know, especially in R&B, you had kids singing about um, relationship strife and everlasting love and all this other stuff. Um, and they were really just kids, you know, dressing up as adults, being grown and sexy for their audience. 
And now what we have in R&B is dudes that are 30 years old pretending to be kids and still embracing child aesthetics of uh, child um, t childish rate relationship dynamics of you know um, you know a bunch of you know where every relationship is based solely on sex and I'm not saying that there aren't people 30 40 50 years old that aren't just engaging in relationships for that but you know you're talking about where it's almost a complete absence of um the things in the 90s R&B where it was about love and commitment and yeah you had your freak songs too but the freak songs were interspliced with you know Joe DeC might do freaking you but then they'll have you know in their catalog they had forever my lady so you would see that kind of stuff so the difference is back then it was kids dressing up to be considered adults and now we're seeing older R&B cats who are more established I'm not going to name names but I think we might get who we might get who I'm talking about um a dude that's like in his late 20s early 30s that people are still saying he's a kid but he's still picking up charges for fighting oh Chris Brown whatever <laughs> um, where he's getting if he's not 30 he's tickling 30 he's, he's getting up there towards his 30s late 20s early 30s at a time where um you know you're considering like okay now it's time to be grown um and it's still some childish stuff in the music you know in a childish mentality when it comes to and I don't want to say childish uh a young man's mentality when it comes to uh, uh sexual relationships so I think that's the difference and so specifically with hip-hop I think one of the misconceptions that people have when you're comparing bold school because I'm bold I'm bold school I'm not exact I'm not I'm too young to be in the Houdini uh early run DMC early boogie down productions I'm too young to have grown up with it I grew up with it in the environment but I didn't grow up like with it the first hip-hop album I bought was run DMC's tougher than leather and that was like 88 I think so um I wasn't that old school but as bold school you know mid 90s early mid 90s hip-hop is what I came up on and I think you know, when you look at some of the luminaries from that period, you look at like Biggie was a kid when he first got discovered. You know, I think he's like 17. Nas, uh, uh, live at the barbecue with Main Source, he was like 16 or 17 years old. Um, he dropped Bill Maddox, he was like 19 or 20. Um, Buster Rhymes was still a kid, you know, when he was in Leaders in the New School. Tribe Called Quest were still kids, you know, late teens, early 20s. De La Soul were definitely kids when they first came out. Um, teenagers um and so a lot of these people that we see as kind of hallmarks and luminaries of the age were young and if we step even back and i jump back into old school ll was definitely a child when he first dropped um krs1 was young when he first like in his teens when he first came out and so uh mc light was a kid when she first dropped a lot of the it were they were still under like 21 ish 20 19 18 they were still in the age range where they're considered children in most jurisdictions and so most of the established rappers like the ones we consider established were 
children when they first got into the rap scene, when they first dropped their first albums. So it's not the fact that rappers are younger than they've ever been, because that's not the case. It's, you know, you couldn't tell that LL was a kid by listening to his rhymes because he was playing a grown man's game. He was on, you know, he's touring Run DMC. Um, they put him on to some stuff the kids probably shouldn't have been involved in, but it is what it is. You couldn't tell in his rhymes that he was a child. You couldn't tell that Illmatic was, you know, made by somebody who was, you know, over a course of a couple of years that was, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old. You couldn't tell that because you didn't hear it in the voice. Mob Deep's another example. Mob Deep were like, you know, teenagers, like 18, no, you know, 14, 15, 16, you know, when they first dropped, they were kids, yo. You couldn't tell that they were kids by listening to the rhymes. Now, I have a difficult time discerning who the grown man is and who the kids are. Because I'm sitting there listening to some rappers like, oh yeah, that dude's like, you know, I'm listening to it's like, okay, I'll go Wikipedia's name. He must be one of them new jacks. He's 27 years old. Why doesn't he have any bass in his voice? What's going on here? What's going on here? Why doesn't he have any bass in his voice? Why is he, you know, is that the nasal rap style? Okay, that's fine, but I should hear some hints of him being an adult somewhere in here. Um, Let's see, who else? Now now I'm kind of on this thread about who is still young. I know Foxy Brown was like 17 when she showed up in the I Shot You video. Or who shot? No, I Shot You, that's LL. When, when I Shot You dropped, the I Shot You remix, Foxy Brown was like 17 years old. She was like seven, 16, 17 years old when she showed up in that Jay-Z video. So um, what I'm saying is this. The concept that hip-hop um, is exclusive, you know, you know, is younger and the artists are younger than before. It's not true. It's it's really not. Um, anybody from uh, anybody from Biggie, Jay Z, Red Man. I'm just naming people off the top that that were in that that were involved in that era. They were kids when they first when they first jumped in the rap scene when their first albums were blowing up. Um, you know, you always had your cast that were a little bit older, but even DMX. You know, DMX, he came out, you know, the Born Loser, that dropped like 92, 93. Um, and then he, you know, had his issues where he wasn't able to create music. And then he kind of had his re-debut, if you will, in 96, 97. Uh, the first time I heard first time I heard him, heard, with, heard him in modern times after Born Loser was The Usual Suspects with Mike Geronimo was on the How to Be a Player soundtrack. Um, and I'm like, yo, who is this? Um, and you know, but he was, he was older, but even then, even Born Loser, he came out when he was, he was still, he was still a really, really young man. So the idea that nowadays these, you know, the, you know, you know, like, um, you know, the six, uh, the Kashi six, nine and all these other cats, um, you know, there are a bunch of kids and we've never seen a youth movement in hip hop like this before. It's not true. Kashi's older than Nas when Nas dropped Illmatic. So that's just kind of the perspective here. Um, it, like I said, man, from an older head's perspective, I'm excited. The entire Pusha T Drake thing 
has kind of reintroduced the concept of talking about bars and hip-hop and stuff like that but the culture clash is real and i think if we're going to discuss um you know what hip-hop is versus what hip-hop is today versus uh what it was you know x many years ago i do think that we do need to have a dialogue about well what was hip-hop x many years ago well it was a bunch of is a bunch of young people from cities all over the country rhyming over a beat. Some told about their life stories. Some talked about fantasies. Others talked about their skills. That's what hip hop was. And that's what it is. It hasn't changed. The players aren't, the players aren't younger. These rappers aren't coming out at younger and younger ages. I came from a time where, you know, we had, uh, the cats that were my age when I when I was really you know when I was really coming in my own and developing my own own ear for hip hop which is probably about eighth grade ninth grade and developing my own taste where it just wasn't dictated by radio um, you know I, my contemporaries you know would have been illegal like you know illegal Molly G <laughs> um, and Miss and Malik you know the youngsters they would have been around the same age as me. Chris Cross was probably the same around the same age. They might have been about a year or two older. Um, and so those would have been my contemporaries in hip hop. And so they it, it's not just an old it's not isn't it's not it wasn't back in the old school back in the days cats were older before they dropped. That wasn't the case. It was always young people. It was always really young people. Late teens, you know, mid to late teens early 20s is when a lot of uh the big time you know the the rappers stepped on the scene i mean jay-z hawaiian sophie was like 16 years old so it wasn't that you know it wasn't just um it wasn't it, it wasn't just people were older it was they were talking about subject matter uh, for better or worse, because I will say for better or worse, that was that didn't reflect how old they actually were. So that's what I'll say. But like I said, people forget. And I think a lot of it, does, there is a racial element to it, too, because we age brown people. We age black people. We age them up and make them older than they older than they actually are. Um, and there's an element there's a long history of child exploitation and brutality against children especially children of color um that plays into that where we make children into where black and brown children are made into adults way before their white counterparts and um, that's just a byproduct of living in this society it's not a good thing but it's what happens so that's another that's for another show again um those are just my uh preliminary thoughts on hip-hop if i get good response to this if you guys like uh me discussing hip-hop uh because that's what i that's what um you know that's kind of what my background in terms of broadcasting was i was a radio dj ran a hip-hop show uh, doing college radio and so i could talk about this stuff all day if you guys like this please 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 Drop a comment, leave a like, share this. Let me know that this is 
uh, content or a topic that you want me to discuss even more um, in terms of hip hop music and hip hop history and uh, aesthetics and the culture um, in modern times. So that's what I'll leave you guys with. I have a bunch of other stuff, but um, I'll keep it short and sweet. I will hit you guys later. Like, share, and subscribe. Um, share this, share this, share this, share this with as many people as you, as many people as you think will, uh, resonate with it, or even some that won't, so you could, you know, spark a conversation. Um, if anything, again, I will say the Drake and Pusher T thing started a conversation about hip hop aesthetics versus pop culture that was needed. It was absolutely needed. We needed this conversation to happen, um, in music. Because when we're not talking about the aesthetics of a music or a genre anymore, that's when it becomes stale. If you look at what happened with hair metal, that's what happened. People stopped talking about rock aesthetics um, and started focusing just on the commercial element of it. You had a lot of people in that rock space that didn't appreciate uh, the you know the metal you know or in the in the in the hair metal you know they were in the hair metal. Space that didn't appreciate that metal aesthetic and um, a lot of culture got lost that's why it was right for the picking when grunge came along and kind of swept it out of the you know the Seattle sound came through and just dominated the rock scene and just took over so we need to have these conversations about um, you know mainstream versus the culture surrounding our art that's all I got like, share, and subscribe. I you can follow me on at lb at lb wild black on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Hit me up. I will holler at you guys later. Thanks for listening. Peace. <laughs>